Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. DeSantis out of the race. It's not what I wanted. I've been very clear about the fact that it's not what I wanted. But, you know, you, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you find you get what you need. That should be a song. That should be a song. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. So uh, clearly, clearly, I'm the first person. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, kitten? 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You should do that immediately, uh, if not sooner, and go check that out for sure. Become a supporter. DeSantis was... um, clear, concise, contrite in his speech where he basically said uh, the people have spoken and they said not me now following our second place finish in Iowa we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward if there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome more campaign stops more interviews I would do it but I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic, and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. So he's endorsing Trump and punching Nikki Haley directly in the face. And Donald Trump without missing a beat, like there was never a beef between them. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will. So Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSanctimonious. Ron DeSantis is disloyal. Ron DeSantis is all these things. Oh, he endorsed me? Love that guy. I have always loved that. Tommy, have I not? Have I not always said how much I love that guy? Oh, Paulie, you love that guy. You always like I love that guy so much. What a guy. What a pal. What a guy. Have I always said it? You've always said it. Oh, you, you can't say it enough. Who could say it enough? Oh, politics is awesome. How how could you not love this? It's like high school all over again. It's madness. It's spectacular in every single way. Um, I come to you now with a conversation that um, 
I guarantee you, you're not going to hear much on 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 talk radio. And I would also um, near guarantee that you wouldn't hear much in wherever you get uh, your live stream. Of course, you can catch us on Rumble and on YouTube and and on TonyCats.com and Facebook. But Facebook sucks, so you know you can go there if you choose. Um. The Trump supporter now has to answer a question, which is what now? And I don't plan on pulling a punch, and I am not worried about whether or not I make friends. I have never worried so much about whether I make friends. I worry about whether or not the conversation is based in reality. I wanted DeSantis because I thought DeSantis was an easier lift in a general election. I still believe I'm correct about this, and I believe that Donald Trump is a very difficult lift in a general election. But I deal with reality. I deal with what is in front of me. I deal with what is presented to me. And what is presented to me is Donald Trump, right? I mean, we're not going to actually have a conversation about Nikki Haley pulling out New Hampshire and pulling out South Carolina. I don't see her winning either. Now you're going to have a conversation with me about whether or not she can overperform to a percent that gets her into Super Tuesday? Well, let's hold off on that conversation. We can get to it. I will get to it uh, in, in, in a little bit uh, on the radio show. I want to talk to Trump supporters who yelled at you for not supporting Trump and then yelled at you for not supporting Trump enough. Because it's not enough to just say I'll vote for him. No, no, no. Just like you have people out there who declare it's not enough to say that you'll make the cake for the same-sex marriage. You have to celebrate it. It's not enough that you'll decorate the cake for somebody's transgender surgery. You have to celebrate it. If you are not celebrating Trump, well, then it's not enough. And if you tell me that that's not the case, I'm going to call you a liar to your face, and I am not even going to blink. Liar. Liar. Of course, we have seen that in social media and all over the place. This isn't a question of whether or not you think Trump is the right guy for the job. This isn't a question of whether or not you think Trump has been screwed over by the machine, by the deep state, however you want to call it, with, for example, these indictments. I agree with you on that part wholeheartedly. This is all election interference, all of it. And I hope Fannie Willis goes to jail hiring her lover as she did, the Fulton County uh, DA hiring her lover, I love saying that word so much, lover, as as the prosecutor, paying him more than she was willing to pay other people, the vacations taken possibly on the people's dime. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I wonder if they'll give her a cell next to Trump. I don't know. I don't know how that works in Fulton County. Um, All of this is, is election interference, every last bit of it. The Jack Smith case is election interference. You will not get me to disagree with that at all. It's wrong. But there's a fair amount of support for Trump because he's being wronged. And I believe in supporting candidates who can win. My argument being that the move towards Trump from 51% of Iowa and what we're seeing right now in New Hampshire, at least if we think the polling is accurate, and I think it is because... Uh, I, I'm, at least I'm utilizing this as my example piece. I, and everything could be off base. If 52.5%, that's what, what, uh, what Trump had in, in Iowa going in. The polling said 52.5, and he got 51% of the vote. 
All right, that's that's pretty accurate. I don't I don't believe polls. I've been burned by polls a million times, but I mean that's close. He didn't come in at fifty two and a half and then win by nineteen or you know get nineteen percent of the vote. He he won thirty percent of the vote, which is basically where they thought it was going to go. That's how it was seen. So I have no reason at this point to think New Hampshire is is off base when uh, Trump is ahead thirteen and a half points or or is it or is it seventeen and a half points? Hold on a second. Double check. Uh, 17 and a half points. Sorry. He's up 17 and a half. And I don't have any reason to think that that's, that's not the, the, the case, that he's up by, by 17 and, and, and a half. My question is, is somebody being done wrong? Should one emotionally respond to that with saying that's the candidate? Look what they're doing to President Trump. Let's go support him. That's emotional. And with all due respect, uh, the left is what does emotional things. And I'm not interested in that. I have emotions. I save them for family. Uh, my politics is based on who gives me the best chance at the best opportunity. How do I go about getting that best opportunity to be left alone, to live my life, to keep my money, to keep uh, uh, my liberty? Who gives me that best shot and that best chance? Now, if you ask me if it's a conversation of Trump or, or Biden, th- of course there's no answer. There, there, there's no choice there. There's no choice. Of course it's Trump. A thousand days. There's no real decision to be made. But in order to get there, you have to win. And confusing Trump's popularity with a vocal part of the base versus the country. (sighs) The base made an emotional response, and I fear that it's going to bite them in the ass. Now, I'm going to do what, what I do. I'm going to discuss data. I'm going to discuss facts. I'm going to compare things. I'm going to share ideas and thoughts and rationales as to why some thought processes are better than others. Some policies are better than others. Biden does not have a good policy. He doesn't have a good policy. He, he has been pushed further to the left by these progressives. These communists have no good policies. Of course they have to be thwarted. These deep, these deep state people who believe that they should have control of everything, even when they're not in power, have to be thwarted. Of course. They will get no argument from me. But Trump's a much heavier lift. And the question to the Trump supporters is, what is your plan? How do you get him over the finish line in a general. How do you convince suburban soccer moms? How do you get people to the place that I am sharing right here? When those people are watching ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and CNN, and all they hear every day is January 6th and threat to democracy. How are you going to convince them? Well, there are some ways to do this. Certainly, one can discuss where the economy is. Certainly, as we saw from entrance polls in Iowa, immigration is the biggest story. And oh, do I have an immigration story for you coming up. The southern border, where Joe Biden finally admits that there is a problem. Republicans should be striking right now with the deal to get the money to fund the border for the technology, for the Border Patrol agents to make the changes. They should be doing it right now. Put it immediately on Schumer's desk. And when he says we're not doing this, tell Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate, the Democrats in the Senate, that he is not doing what it is that Joe Biden wants done. Because Joe Biden admits there's a problem and a crisis at the border. 
He admits that the border is not secure. He said the words, I believe, answering the question of Jackie Heinrich of Fox News. The border is a story. Economy is a story. And of course, war. You understand that we're at war with Iran. Well, Iran's at war with us. We just haven't figured out how to respond yet. All of these things are extremely important things and should be discussed on the daily in order to track independence and others. But as I will discuss, and I'll get to this story, you can't even find the story about two Navy SEALs being missing after a raid of a ship carrying Iranian weapons to the Houthi rebels. It's been 10 days and the, the rescue mission from the Navy SEALs has been changed to a recovery mission, which means they're not going to find these guys. That's what they believe. No one's talking about the story at all. There are things to discuss and address that can attract voters. But you are going up against January 6th, threat to democracy. They've only been having this conversation for a year and a half. And now you've given it to them. I mean, bearing a miracle for for Nikki Haley, you've given it to them. So my question is, what is your plan? And when you say to me, well, Tony, you're going to have to, whoa, 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 whoa. You watch your holy damn mouth. Don't tell me I got to do a damn thing. You wanted this. I want to know what your plan is. The problem is that no one's going to take a look at Trump supporters and say, what's the plan in a general? I want to know what it is. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Complain that I'm not doing enough? Complain that I'm not being loud enough? Cheerleading enough? Bitch, please. A plan, please. And I don't know if you've got it. Because I don't know if there was serious thinking after we can't let this happen to Donald Trump and he's getting screwed. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I've only discussed it a million times. What's the plan? I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard where these supporters are yet. I will give them one thing that is certainly in in their favor. Man... They, they they ain't going to move. And this is the part that gets the left the most crazy. You know this by now. That the people who support Trump and Trump himself, everything they throw at him, he's like, eh. it, it drives them crazy. They so don't know what to do with that. Why won't he react? Why won't he respond? Why won't he give in? Why won't he admit? Why, why would anybody take a, a leftist position from the media seriously? Can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. I agree with this. The problem is there's a great swath of America that does. And until you unveil a plan and start implementing it for how to grab those people, being dogged won't be enough. This is my worry. This is my my, my true genuine worry and why I was for uh, Ron DeSantis uh, to win the primary because he'd be an easier lift than a general. Here we are. Let's see what happens, shall we? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. (laughs) 
It was Dave Rubin uh, who had posted this this imagery about migrants on on a plane. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And and it was um, this this photo saying non-U.S. citizen document va- validation using CP- CBP-1 technology. That's the Border Patrol app. Notify the TSA officer that you are a migrant. The TF- TSA officer will take a photo. Optional. If requested, provide your alien identification number or biographic information and follow in officer instructions. And then it reads, you may decline to have your photo taken. And the point was... Uh, can I get on a plane without photo ID? Can I? Can any of us uh, American citizens, you know, us low life plebes, can we get on a plane without photo ID? But someone here in the country illegally, they can. It's fine. So this is now making the rounds. And you've got Chief Clem, uh, former retired uh, uh, Customs and Border Patrol uh, section chief, who I've, I, I've had on the show before. Talk about the bad optics of this. Well, bad optics is beyond uh, uh, the, the, the points here, although I would agree with him. There's a real weird thing that happens with this administration where they are very much in favor of illegal immigrants having rights and American citizens having to be afraid. This is no way to run a country. None. Zero way to run a country. Yet we see it time and again and again that this is the way that the left sees it. That somehow you and I should live in fear. As a matter of fact, if we should not be nice to a TSA agent, you'll hold us up. You won't let us fly. There'll be no fly list. Lord only knows where you're going to put the blue glove. Moon River. But if you're here illegally, we here's the welcome mat, and here's this, and here's a couple of bucks. You don't need a photo. We'll put you in a place. And we'll. Why is that? Why is it that the person here illegally is treated with respect, and the citizen is treated like they are in the way? And why would anybody want this? Why would anybody value this? My gosh, at this stage of the game, how does one stop it? You know, we talk about uh, the, the expression uh, under Trump was drain the swamp and people talk about cleaning house. Um, you, you really have to do it because you have to change a mindset. And in doing it, things could get, you know, rough for a little while and comfortable for a little while. And the answer is, okay, things will get rough for a little while and uncomfortable for a little while. But you can't work in a society that says the person here legally has more rights than the citizen. It can't survive. You can't work like this. Now, this brings us to some more issues about the border that I'm going to get to. Specifically, this man who came across, as the story is told and the reporting goes forth, this, uh, this guy is here illegally, Middle Eastern descent. You got to hear what he says. You got to hear what he says. You won't. You won't believe it. Meanwhile, when it comes to January sixth, uh, Mike Schellenberger is asking what's true and what isn't, and free speech in the UFC. Oh, I can't. I can't play the audio, but I can tell the story. This is Tony Katz today.
The mayor of Denver is a Democrat and uh, is letting you know that the problems at the border are very, very real. Now, this this crisis isn't just confined to the southern border. It's being felt in cities across the country, including Denver, more than 900 miles away from the border. Nearly 38,000 migrants have arrived in Denver since Texas began busing them there in December of 2022. With us now is Denver Mayor Mike Johnston. Mayor, it's always great seeing you. I thank you for your time. Just wondering, what kind of an impact is the migrant humanitarian crisis having on Denver? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It is definitely both a humanitarian crisis for the migrants that are arriving, and it is creating a fiscal crisis for the city. As you mentioned, we've now had more than 36,000 migrants arrive, and these are people with incredible stories. You know, these are people that are literally the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. These are teachers and police officers and nurses and engineers who have walked 3,000 miles to get to this country, and all they want is the chance to work and support themselves and their families. So there are heartbreaking stories every day. Uh, But we also know that without federal support and without federal action, the impact on a city like Denver is this would be a $180 million impact on our budget in 2024. That's more than 10% of our entire city budget. And so uh, we believe there is a path to a solution here. There's going to be bipartisan agreement on how we can both increase access to work authorization, provide more support at the border, and get more federal resources. And we just need to make sure that that makes it through the House of Representatives because otherwise cities like ours will be in deep crisis. Now, people forget that the work stuff matters. The work stuff matters. You are not picking lettuce. And so the idea that somehow to say, well, you just want these people here so they'll do the jobs that Americans won't do. Well, there's truth in this. Should we deny that there's truth in this? You do not find people picking lettuce living in Denver. Because first, there is real, really no lettuce compared to what you see on the border uh, uh, to be picked. And secondly, they're not heading down there for the summer gig. It is the people crossing the border who are willing to do this work and are free enough in their mobility because they don't live other places to stay and do the work. And there is an economic reason for us to ensure that we have legal immigration. Again, not the, the the rational none of us are opposed to legal immigration it is always the illegal immigration you'll note that the political left works aggressively to try and conflate these issues they try and never once talk about legal and illegal they'll only talk about immigration as as a whole they lie repeatedly they lie about these things Now, something that the mayor of Denver is wrong about, these aren't just people who want to feed their families. That's not true. We have single, able-bodied men, men, 20-somethings and 30-somethings coming across the border, and we're allowing that to happen. We are insane. They should be turned around immediately by force, if necessary, and returned. I say you make it Mexico's problem. But you drop them off in Mexico City. Let Mexico try and stop you. The idea that these grown men should be allowed into the country, should be allowed just to de facto walk on through, that we have to somehow accept them because of the Statue of Liberty 
Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I've been saying this a lot lately. That's from the poem New Colossus uh, by Emma Lazarus. It's at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. You know what that is not? Policy. And it's time for the left to grow up. It's not a policy. It is a desire. And I think it's a good one. But that does not involve people who want to do you harm. That does not involve the enemy, and it does not involve your destruction. You cannot bring in the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free when it does you harm. The argument from the left is, what's the harm? Just write another check, you stingy jerk. We'll just take more of your money. Oh, it costs more? It's okay. We'll tell those rich people to pay, wait for it, their fair share. Totally fine. Completely rational point of view. It's not completely rational. It's madness. It's disgusting and it's despicable. Because it says the onus should be on the American citizen to suffer. As opposed to the onus being on the illegal immigrant not breaking the law. It's an irrational point of view. But there's another story that I I want to uh, get to. And this comes from um, Michael Schellenberger. You know the name Michael Schellenberger because of the work that he has been doing on the Twitter files and other things. It's Schellenberger who has shown up in in, in front of Congress and uh, has beautifully engaged their desires for censorship. And most recently... Uh, he has uh, put forth through his um, subscription page a conversation about January 6th, specifically about a a pipe bomb. Now, this goes along with a story that the January 6th committee, this is a Fox, there's a Fox News story and there's a New York Post story. The January 6th committee deleted more than 100 encrypted files days before the Republicans took the majority. The January 6th committee was a show pony. The January 6th committee, which had, of course, a Hollywood producer, a showrunner, putting together how these things would happen in prime time, was not a criminal case. There was no defense. There was no rebuttal. There were no questions that were ever asked in in uh, some level of, wait a second, what about X, what about Y, what about Z? Those questions never got asked. And it is to this alone that people like uh, Liz Cheney and like Adam Kinzinger, the former Congress uh, people from Wyoming and Illinois, respectively, should be thought of with such derision. How awful and terrible they are. Not believers in America. It's one thing to not to want to vote for Trump. That's fine. To go along with the January 6th committee, that's despicable. That's having some kind of mental break. And then this. The former House Select Committee on January 6th deleted more than 100 encrypted files, as is reported, from its probe just days before Republicans took over the majority. The House Administration's Committee's Oversight Subcommittee 
is leading an investigation led by Chairman Barry Laddermilk, Republican from, from Georgia, investigating the security failures on that day as well as the actions of former select committee investigating the Capitol riot. We'd already heard about the deleting uh, or, the, or the destroying of, of, of evidence, and to the extent that that is true, we need more information. But this is... This is the purposeful elimination or attempt to eliminate evidence to keep Republicans from knowing what really happened. So narrative could be pushed and not facts. And for that, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger can go to hell. I don't know how else it's supposed to be said when you're a guy who is on terrestrial radio. And I'm not so sure I want to be the guy who says it the other way because, you know, one should have a soul. But holy hell. You deleted, you erased, everybody took a page from Hillary Clinton, they got the bleach bit, and they wiped it, you know, with a cloth. They did all the things. And we're supposed to believe that everything's on the up and up, and oh, by the way, believe in the institutions, and oh, Trump started an insurrection. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. This brings us back to Michael Schellenberger. He is the author of Apocalypse Never. He's the author of a San Francisco San Francisco San Francisco. That's it. I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. And uh, he has a subscription service on 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 the Twitter box. He charges nine dollars a month. You can decide to get it or not. I don't work for the man, and I'm not here to tell you what to do. He has a story. The story goes, a bomb nearly killed Vice President Kamala Harris on January 6, 2021. This according to the FBI. We had heard this, that there were bombs on January 6th. Schellenberger continues, but now the former FBI official who oversaw the investigation said it couldn't have. In fact, the bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered up by the FBI and the Secret Service. Now, if you ask me with whom I would side, uh, the the FBI or Michael Schellenberger, uh, the answer is Schellenberger every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's not even a debate. I would believe Schellenberger's versions of events, and I would believe without question his reporting over some statement from Merrick Garland, the attorney general. Let me give you an example of Merrick Garland here. This is Merrick Garland talking about uh, the Jack Smith case against Donald Trump. What we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law, that we're following the facts. The um, um, prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year. Um, and the uh, special prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy uh, trial, which I agree with. You agree with that? I do. And uh, the matter is now in the hands of the uh, trial judges to determine when the uh, trials will take place. The department has policies about steering clear of... Let's, let's talk about speedy trials. Jack Smith wants a speedy trial. Let us go to the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, shall we? 
In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which districts shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have assistance of counsel for his defense. You have the right to a lawyer. You have to know what you're being accused of. You have a right to defend yourself. The first part of that, of course, is the story. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. The accused. Not the prosecution. Who gives a good holy damn if Jack Smith wants a speedy trial? Who? How does that matter? It's It's insignificant. If the if the defendant wants a speedy trial, well, then the defendant gets a speedy trial. But the defendant feels that there's an advantage to delay, 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 delay. That's part of the defense. You may not like it, but that doesn't matter either. This is the attorney general completely bastardizing the Sixth Amendment and flat out lying in an interview. These are the people I'm supposed to believe? Nah, I'll believe Michael Schellenberger. Now, uh, I have made the decision to pay the nine bucks. uh, And someone can let him know that I'm doing it right now. I'm actually on the site right now. Nine dollars, boom. Am I paying more for that than uh, than, than what I'm paying for X? Because I'm one of those verified people. Because I was like, eh. I paid for it. So I'm subscribed. I'm paying the $9. Michael, better damn well be worth it. By the way, does paying for it get me interviews? I don't know how this works. Um, Now I want to know. I'm going to dig into every part of it. It is clear. It is clear that to trust the FBI, to trust the DOJ is a fool's errand. To trust these politicized group, these politicized people engaged in these politicized activities is indeed a fool's errand. Lies about January 6th? Well, we're starting to see that already. And yes, there was a riot that took place. And no, I don't mind that there are people in jail from that riot. Now, people in jail who aren't treated properly, who don't get access to lawyers, who don't get access to doctors, who are in solitary confinement, absolutely not. But people who broke the law or engaged in acts of violence, you don't have an issue with me being, them being charged. People who got welcomed into the Capitol, they did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Screaming insurrection, there was no insurrection. Sorry. And no one's been charged with insurrection. Thus, uh, my point proven. Never mind the fact that there was no insurrection. But the January 6th committee lying, distorting evidence, erasing evidence, and the idea of the FBI, which is... Seemingly done this kind of thing before. Planting a story. I am more apt to believe that. Because more of those things have been proven true. I subscribed. I'll share the story. And certainly, most certainly, as the left uses this as their only way to try and win 2024. This, and of course abortion. We'll be here laying out the facts kind of what we do. I'm Tony Katz and this is Tony Katz today.
The race will be over by tomorrow night. That's one of the comments I got in the live stream. Uh, maybe. It could be over by tomorrow night, depending on how Trump does uh, against uh, Nikki Haley. Absolutely could be over by tomorrow night. But I think the question is, what if it's not? See, if it is, it is, right? What, that, that's, that's the easiest thing in the world to talk about. It's not even a big deal. It's nothing. What if it's not? New Hampshire primary has Trump up 17 and a half. I don't actually expect any more polling to come out tomorrow. Although it's possible polling will come out tomorrow. I don't, I don't expect it to come out uh, tomorrow. And there's two polls that were done without DeSantis in the polling. One had Trump up by 27. One had Trump up by 19. All in all, real clear politics average, Trump at 54.3, Haley at 36.8. That has Trump 17.5 ahead. Um, what if it's not? What happens if Haley overperforms? I'm not saying she will. I'm asking what if. Uh, to that end, Nikki Haley has started to go about a um, new approach. And the approach is that Trump's not mentally well. Oh, that's an approach. And then, of course, the racism she experienced as a brown girl. Her words, not mine. I'll go through it coming up. This is Tony Katz today.